Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Woo! It's a good day to be in the neighborhood. Isn't it awesome to be in this year? I don't know what year last year looked like or felt like. I know probably for Sally and I, it's probably one of the steepest learning curves we've ever been on. Um, but coming out of it, it's just been, we are so excited. Uh, we had a conference in France uh, Monday last week. Had about 120 French pastors and leaders. And we just watched God break in in the most incredible way online. And uh, just, uh, you know, with all the world in the same mess, God is at work in absolutely extraordinary ways. And uh, we, uh, our first book was translated into French. Beginning of last year, it's the first printing sold out. They, print, they did a second printing, and the second printing sold out before this conference. And so they're actually going to, to a third printing of that book in the nation, which is just it's crazy, just crazy what God's doing. And um, we're hearing testimonies. We're watching people that we've met several years ago were, were incredibly passive, incredibly uh, just really resistant to the supernatural because they'd never seen it. And some of those people were the actual spearheads of this conference, and you're just listening to these people coming alive. It's what a great moment. What a great yeah. moment. Um, I'm going to try to finish up what I did last time, plus move forward a little bit if I can. And uh, just my, my word for the beginning of the year, and, and I, I usually try to hear something for, God, what are you saying? And the word I heard was a little bit unusual. It was that the church of the firstborn is going to arise in 2021. And it, it, it sounded good, but I wasn't exactly sure what that meant. Um, do, you, do you ever have God say something and you, you know he's saying more than you know? Um, and and that, that led me into really looking into this whole thing of double portion. So I'm just going to take a couple minutes and rehearse from what we did last Sunday. If you weren't here, please listen to that piece because it'll give you more detail. And then we'll push forward this morning a little bit. But we talked about this whole thing of double portion. The reality is that there's a double portion that is part of the good news of great joy. And that double portion in Scripture is, is at, on one side because we've been born into something. We've been adopted into the family of God. And the, the incredible privilege of a, a love of adoption into the family of God. Uh, we looked at that scripture that he predestined us and lovingly planned for us to be adopted. That I use that particular translation because it's so important that we understand that God, that our adoption into his family was a love affair. It really was his love for us. It's his love for humanity. It's love for the world. E even the people are behaving crazy right now. God loves those people. And if we can start tapping into what he feels, our responses to them will be different. Too often, as believers, we're trying to ask the world to behave like believers when they don't know what to believe. And we've got to get a hold of God's perspective of people so that, and his love for people. He's adopted in that place. Then we push forward, and we not only are we adopted for identity, but we're also commissioned in that adoption. There's something profound that happened. We were 
brought into the family, but we are brought into the family with a purpose. And that purpose is to do something. We looked at the whole thing of the, the origin of the double portion. And the origin of the double portion was that the firstborn uh, son of a family would receive double what other children got, other sons got. That wasn't arbitrary. The double portion was for the purpose of caring for the family. The firstborn son was given a double inheritance so that he could take care of, he'd have the resources to take care of everybody else. And we as the body of Christ have been adopted into the family of God, but we've been also, we've been made joint heirs with Christ, and we're to be the church of the firstborn that arises in this season. The church of the firstborn is a church with the resources, the power, the anointing, the equipping to actually care for the family and extend the kingdom. And so often we've been caught in the body of Christ with taking care of ourselves and consuming it ourselves when the reality is we were born again for something so much greater. Now this month we're talking about the kingdom and I just want to use just a little bit on that just to kind of give us context. But the kingdom of God we understand to be the whole activity of God in the earth. Everything God is doing. There's many things God is doing that are in that kingdom realm that are not necessarily in the church. Um, some of us get a little, little uneasy when things are happening outside the church. They're supposed to. There's supposed to be people changing government. There's supposed to be people in the marketplace. This thing is a life, not a meeting. It's, a, it's not a context of this gathering. It's so much bigger than that. But the church does have a really important place because the church is the community of the kingdom. It's where the people of the kingdom gather and, and they, they, they live and encourage and, and live out life together. But the purpose is that they can go outside of the walls and manifest the kingdom outside. So the, the, the church are the people in whom the kingdom actually finds expression. They're, they're the body of Christ spread throughout society where society is touched because a believer is full of the Holy Spirit. And the more we understand our responsibility, the more we'll begin to walk in that responsibility. The double portion is not available for selfish gain. The double portion is only available when we're caring for others. The whole purpose of that portion. So let's just push forward a little bit more today. We read that he rescued us, Colossians 1.13. He rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Again, the, the love adoption. The, the, our, our adoption into the kingdom is a love affair. It, it's a drawing into a relationship with, with a father that loves a son, but a son that loves us. And everything was done out of that relationship of love. But it's love and it's an unconditional love that gives to another person. So as we press into more of the kingdom, we're believing that, that we will be a people in the body of Christ is where the, the, the kingdom, the church, is going to actually give the kingdom a visible form. There's something that happens that the world sees because of what the church is doing. If the, church is, if the world isn't seeing the kingdom through you, then you're not doing what you're called to do. It's absolutely critical that in this, in this moment, in this hour, we become those people who demonstrate his kingdom. And we do it as a firstborn heir. I don't know how often you think in terms of are you firstborn. I was actually the oldest in our family. And uh, I remember my 
I was about 12 years old when my mother had a nervous breakdown. And uh, I remember the day my father came into the room and said, from today, you're the parent. And I became the parent for my three sisters and my brother at 12 years old. Um, I was not, I was first born, but I didn't have a firstborn anointing. Um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't quite ready for that responsibility. But you were born into the kingdom. You were born into the family of God. And in that birth into the family, you've been given a, you've been made a co-heir with Jesus. Jesus, who is firstborn. Look, look at the scripture. We touched it briefly last time. In Romans, it says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Turn to your neighbor, say you're firstborn. Every believer by birthright is a firstborn heir. Every believer by birthright is a firstborn heir. What if we could actually believe that? Every believer, by just the fact of being born into this family, you were given a double inheritance. It wasn't to make you look good. It was to make Jesus look good. It was that we, as the body of Christ, would, would carry out and care for the family of God and extend that family, extend the kingdom of God. That's the purpose of this thing we've received. The challenge for the church is too often we, we, we take what we get and instead of being generous with it, we, we try to build our, our own life on our own platform. We build it with a mindset, if we can only get this, then we can be generous. But you don't, it doesn't work that way. It, the, the double portion only works when we begin to release it. And the more generous you are, the more you give away, the more you pour into others, the more you're going to experience and live in the reality of the double portion that's available to us. So Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. Hebrews talks about the church of the firstborn. What if every member of the body of Christ understood that they have a double portion available? A double portion of time, resources, Holy Spirit. Everything you need to do what you're called to do is available to you. Turn to the neighbor and smile. problem is we have it legally available to us, but we don't often access it. We think in terms of poverty. We think in terms of what we don't have. We think in terms of what we can't do. It thinks, we think in terms of what our body's doing and the way it's behaving. And we, we, we think in terms of limitation rather than terms of I have double what I need available. And I believe that we're coming into a year when the church is going to be going to shake off the things that have held us captive. We're going to, we're going to shake off the lethargy. Going to, going to shake off the negative. Going to shake off the limitations and actually begin to behave like a people who who are charged with 
extending the kingdom. We're charged with caring for people. That's who we are. That's our identity. That's our nature. Cher, could you give me my phone there? The clock's not on the back, and I, I need to keep up with where I am this morning. Thank you, baby. 50 years of doing this. Oh, I got more time than I thought I did. Hallelujah. Wow, I got 24 whole minutes left. That's a double portion of time. <laughs> oh. But the, the same passage, Romans passage, if you put that back up, Romans 8, that same passage say that we're co-heirs if we're willing to share in his sufferings as well. We, we don't like that part so well. One of my great fears for the church right now is it seems to me that too many believers are concerned about how the world sees them instead of being concerned about the truth. Instead of being concerned about an obedience to the Spirit of God. I mean, Scripture is pretty clear that if if they didn't like me, they're not going to like you. So where do we get this thing that we have to be like to be effective? I mean, darkness has always hated light. Because light exposes darkness. Light brings darkness into, out of the darkness, and it, it's no longer allowed to operate the way it operated before. And the body of Christ, the carriers of the kingdom, are, are, are commissioned to carry light into the darkest places on earth. I remember early, early on, in school in Kenya, there was a lady came, and her name's going to come back to me in a minute. Her sister died in a concentration camp. Help me. Corten Boom, thank you. The joys of age when you have to dig deeper to pull a name up so you didn't have to dig in the mouth. Corten Boom, and it, one of the statements she made is that I found the greatest light in one of the darkest places a person could ever be put. And in that concentration camp, she found the greatest light. Can we be a light when the pressure's on? Can we be a light when we're afraid we might get persecuted a little bit? See, the double portion is to actually carry you through that season so that you can be a light no matter what's going on. You've received double for your trouble so that you don't get in trouble. You've received a double portion so you can walk through this thing in the way. We share his glory if we're willing to share in his suffering. Matthew 7 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Isn't that an uncomfortable verse? We, 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 we have such a... We have such a low view of what salvation has actually produced. but you were born again into the kingdom to actually extend the Father's kingdom. You were given a double portion anointing as co-heir with Christ so that you would extend the influence of the king so that what he is and who he is would be extended so the earth would be touched and seen. 
France is a crazy secular society, but we've actually seen more churches planted in, in the network we work with in this last nine months than we have in any time before that, because somehow in the midst of the chaos and the persecution and the COVID and all of the junk going on, the body of Christ is beginning to shake itself off, and they're becoming the church of the firstborn that carries what they need to do what they're called to do. As we come this year, I believe this is going to be a year where the kingdom of God is going to be demonstrated in greater and greater measure. We saw crazy miracles this last weekend. It just, it just, I, I, every time I see God work through the airways, through Zoom or whatever, I'm just, every time I'm amazed. I, I just, I'm never going to get tired of seeing him work and heal people and set them free and break depression and just change things because he showed up. Can we be a people that believe that that's normal? You know, we taught from very early on in our knowing of God, we were, we prayed the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? What does Matthew 6 mean? What did it mean when we're praying your kingdom come? That we too often, religion pushes all of that into the future. But it's time for that to be dragged back into the present. There, there's a now reality of the kingdom on earth. Every time the Holy Spirit moves, the kingdom is being expressed. And our society des desperately needs the kingdom of God to invade it right now. And the only way the kingdom's going to invade our society is through men and women who understand they have, a, have anointing to carry the life of God. And it's not just leaders. Leaders are not going to move this move. The body of Christ is going to move this move. It's happening in homes. It's happening all over. It's happening in incredible ways. The kingdom message that Jesus proclaimed was always followed by a demonstration. And Matthew 9, 35, just, and I'm not going to read all these scriptures this morning. There, there are several of them there. Matthew 9, 35, Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease. The, the, the proclaiming and performing always went together in the life of Jesus. You're not operating in a kingdom until you're proclaiming the message and you're performing the life of the Spirit. That's just not healing it, words of knowledge. It's, it's whatever the Spirit does. It's whatever the Spirit releases. If the Spirit's not releasing through you, you're not actually extending the kingdom. For too long, the church has had a dead message. It's just simply a, a, a following a set of rules. I was really good at the set of rules. Then I could fill the Spirit. I found out there was life. I'd followed the rules for 18 years of my life. By anybody's standard, I was doing it. And then the Holy Spirit comes, and suddenly there's life in this that isn't about rules. It's about a living relationship with the God of heaven that's put His Holy Spirit into us and allowed His Holy Spirit life to live in us. That life in you is the kingdom of God at work in you. The kingdom is manifest by the Spirit. 
Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. Put that verse up for me if you have it. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. Jesus makes this incredible statement. He says, if I, by the Spirit of God, cast out demons, the kingdom of God has come among you. According to that verse, how is the kingdom happening? If I, by the Spirit. It wasn't Jesus casting out demons that was the presence of the Spirit. It was Jesus, by the Spirit, casting out demons that caused the presence of the kingdom. So every time the Holy Spirit moved through him, every time the Holy Spirit operated, every time the dead was raised, every time a demon was cast out, every time a sickness was healed, every time he exercised a word of knowledge, every time the Holy Spirit moved through him, the kingdom of God, the rule of God, the realm of God's operation actually extended further and further and further and further and further into the earth. I hear, I hear a lot of people wanting a ministry. The problem is the ministry is already in you. It has to get out of you. Yeah. Holy Spirit's already in you. You're going to decide whether you exercise that life of the Spirit or not. And the double portion anointing is available any time you're willing to exercise it. You will accomplish more in a few minutes of operating the Spirit than you will in hours of argument. Because the Holy Spirit penetrates the hearts of people and causes it to be open. That's, that's the work of the kingdom. As firstborn heirs, we choose to obey the seek first the kingdom of God directive. And, and I love that passage because it's seek first the kingdom of God and, 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 and what's the next, Dan? Oh. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, the double portion, will be added to you. There's more available to us than we understand is available to us. Honestly, it doesn't matter what government you're under for the kingdom to operate. Now, I would have preferred a different result to a certain election, but that doesn't change the kingdom. Because the kingdom supersedes an environment controlled by darkness. No matter which side of the spectrum you're on. We've got to live as people of the kingdom that release the power of the kingdom and not be so controlled by circumstances around us. Not be so influenced by circumstances around us. Now, please, I, I encourage you. I mean, we're in a society where, as citizens of this society, we have the responsibility to vote and to do those things and to be good citizens. Yes, absolutely. We were first in line to vote this year. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that 
we get in a mindset where somehow now we're limited by what something else did. But the reality is there's a double portion in you which supersedes anything somebody else does. And if the church of the firstborn is going to rise in this year, it's going to be a church that refuses to be limited by the things that are going on around it and begins to be completely unselfish in their release of the kingdom. And in that unselfish release of what God's given you, he's going to begin to pour resources into you. All these things that you need are going to come in. But we got to get it the right way around. This is why in Corinthians we read, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. How many think might need a little grace right now? I, I need a lot of grace right now. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound with all you need. What, what, is, what is the abundance for? What's the abundance for? It's not for ourselves. It's for, it's for every good work. We talked about this last week. This is where Esau got in trouble. Esau comes in and he's hungry and he sells his firstborn birthright for a bowl of porridge to meet his need. And now he's got no birthright. And he doesn't know why he's got no birthright because you gave it away for your own need. And the body of Christ right now is caught in this season where if we're not careful, we're giving away our firstborn birthright to meet our own needs. And if you're consuming your birthright and your needs, there's nothing to give and you simply lose the double portion that we're supposed to be pouring out into the world. This is a year for the firstborn church to arise. The double portion is always more than enough anointing time resources to give generously away, to live for something other than ourselves. I like the uh, Job is an interesting book, and you know I don't I don't spend a lot of time meditating on Job, but every time I go there I find these things that just intrigue me. And this verse in Job forty two ten just I, I love this verse. Look at this verse. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. The Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. All that stuff, all that self-focus, all that believing, and then he prays for friends. Did his friends deserve prayer? Absolutely not. Go read the book. I mean, his friends were a pain in the neck. They did not deserve him praying for them. They had done nothing to touch Job's heart so that he felt this warm fuzzy to pray for his friends. They didn't deserve prayer. But when Job prayed for his friends, God restored double. There's something in that. There's something, just take it and meditate on it a little bit. There's something in that. When we shift from self-focus to unselfish generosity, there is something happen. In, in, we tap into the resources of heaven in a way that we, we may not even understand what's going on. 
You just know you tapped into something you didn't have before. It wasn't there in the way it used to be. Elijah offered this amazing gift to Elisha. He's at the end of his life, and he says, what can I do for you before I'm taken away? And Elisha says, please, let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. It's such an interesting request, because if you remember the call, Elijah has seen just incredible miracles. He's seen... He's seen the dead raised, and he's seen a supernatural supply of oil, and he's seen fire come down and consume a sack. Elijah's seen amazing things, but now he's run from Jezebel, and he's hiding in a cave, and he's toward the end of his life, and, and it's just, it, it, he, he's caught in a place. I, I know Fursell and I, we're, we're, in, we're in one of the most fascinating seasons of our life where we we know certain things we're supposed to be doing, but we're also so conscious that we have to finish well. Because it's really easy to be super anointed and be super effective and then mess it up at the end. I have a whole bunch of my friends that have messed it up at the end. I said, God, I won't do that. And Elijah's in that place here and God tells him to go anoint the next generation. So he goes and he, he throws his mantle over Elisha. And in that act, he's adopting Elisha into his call and ministry. And he's actually giving him the firstborn rights of his ministry. So Elisha is already the firstborn inheritor of what Elijah has. But Elisha wants more. He wants a double portion of the spirit that's on him. I believe that the firstborn church for 2021 needs a double portion of the spirit. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a challenge to fulfill what we're called to do with the anointing we currently walk in. I know for us this year, I have seen a growth in several places in our anointing. Um, surprising levels of growth in it. But I think we're just touching the surface of what is available to us in this next season. I think we're about ready to see explosive life and growth. I think that a double portion like this is always multi-generational. And I don't, I don't have time to teach that part today, but I, I really believe that in this season of anointing, the double portion is actually going to be two and three generations walking in correct alignment with each other. And uh, one, of, one of the great marks of, of the Revival Alliance that we've linked ourselves with is every one of those Revival Alliance churches is in the process of seeing multiple generations walk together in leadership and working through the, the, the process of what that is. It's not the older generation just disappearing and not being available. It's somehow, how do we learn to do this together so that we get the, the, the anointing of multiple generations working together? How do we learn to do that? It's not easy. There's actually very few examples in Scripture of where it worked well. But I believe in this season, as we walk into a firstborn church in 2021, I believe it's going to be multi-generation a whole new day. 
in the end, the challenge for Elisha was to keep his eyes on Elijah and not get distracted by the stuff. I mean, <laughs> how easy would it be get, to get distracted by a chariot of fire showing up? I mean, you've got your eyes on Elijah, and a chariot of fire shows up. Are you going to stop looking at Elijah and look at the chariot? Think about it for a minute. Keep your eyes on Elijah. If you keep your eyes on me, if you stay with me. I think it's very easy right now to get distracted by stuff. And we can miss the double portion because we've got our eyes on the wrong things in this moment. But he's calling on us as a body of Christ to get our eyes back where they belong. So the question for this morning, what would you ask God for this morning if he offered you anything? If he offered you anything, what would you ask for? I can't answer that for you. I know, I think I know what my answer would be. My prayer since I started preparing this is that I want to ask for everything I need to fulfill his highest purpose for me. That's, that's, my, that's my desire. I, I want to go out of this with the ability to release the double portion to be a blessing. I want to finish this in such a way that the next generation can build on everything we've built on. But what would you ask for? I think we're in a year, in fact, I know we're in a year, where those kind of requests are going to be answered in the most extraordinary way. But I challenge you to know what you're going to ask for. You know, Solomon was asked, and he chose wisdom. It served him well. But wisdom didn't end him well. More of his spirit. More surrender to his presence. More of the operation of his life through us. Our nation needs a manifestation of the kingdom of God. And the only way our nation is going to see the kingdom manifest is through men and women like you sitting in this room, who will go out of here with the life and power of the Holy Spirit and manifest. The word manifest simply means that the invisible becomes visible. So when you manifest the kingdom, you go into the grocery store or you go into the bank. You can't even go into banks now. That's trying to see how to release the Holy Spirit through that little tube is just incredibly difficult. I've been practicing it the last few times, but I mean, it's just, oh, I just, I mean, I figured it out walking up to the counter, but now you've got to do it through that little push-call button. They don't want to talk to you because they're busy. Oh, never mind. How are you going to do that? How are you going to release the kingdom? 
We've got to find ways to press into more of his presence and power so that we can be the people that carry his presence to others. I want us to stand up together. As the body of Christ, we've been given keys to the kingdom. Remarkably, keys to the kingdom. As the church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, we are positioned right now in this moment as the victorious army of God. We're not fighting for position, we're not trying to survive. We're actually a victorious people, ready to release all he has for us. We're the demonstration model of the kingdom of God. Heaven is being demonstrated because a people have prayed for all their life. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we take this month and press into the kingdom and understanding the kingdom, Father, I'm just asking right now that you would anoint every man, woman, and child in this room. Father, would you give us a hunger to ask for the right things? Forgive us when we ask for stuff that gets burned up temporally. Father, we want to ask for things that have eternal value and eternal consequence. So, Father, we're asking this morning for a double portion of your spirit. Father, you've given us a firstborn anointing and inheritance. Now we want a firstborn double portion of your Holy Spirit. We want to walk in a level and an operation of your life and your gifts beyond anything we've ever known, beyond anything we've ever seen, we, anything we've experienced. We want our experience to become history. We want to see you do and move and operate through us in profound, 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 profound ways in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Who in here has been praying for more of the Holy Spirit recently? Hand up if that's you. Oh, a good number. Awesome, 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 awesome. Is it clear? clear? Am I correct? Clear. Father, I just release that right now in Jesus' name. Mm. Keep your hand up if that's you. Holy Spirit, come. Across each one around this room. Release now. Oh, Jesus. Claire, as you were worshiping this morning, and this is for you, but it's for others with your hands up right now. I was coming down the aisle back to my seat, and I just saw this incredible angelic presence behind you, strengthening you. Every time you raised your hand in worship, there was just a strengthening being poured into you right now. And the, the anointing in our life has always been strong, but this is a season when God's going to take what he's done in you and he's going to multiply it and he's going to amplify it. He's going to amplify it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, on Jerry right now, just release, Father. Release your healing power and cause in this next season. Cause your life to flow, your life to flow, your life to flow, your life to flow through him. Holy Spirit, we just invite your anointing now, the power and presence of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. If there's somebody near you with their hands up, just reach over and lay hands on them right now. Father on Nate, just multiply that in this season of generosity and 
just unbelievable ways. Just multiply it, multiply it, multiply it, multiply it. On Kimberly, Lord, just pour it. No, that's Christine. It was his Kimberly. I was right. I thought, no, she's not here. And that, so I, I doubted myself. Shouldn't have done that. On Kimberly, Lord, just pour it out right now. It's the supernatural anointing now in Jesus' name. Pour it out, pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out, Lord. In Jesus' name. The lady in red, I, I don't know your name. I probably should, but the mask might be hiding it. Father, on you, I just pour out in Jesus' name. More of your power, more of your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Just anoint with such power. Father, we pray complete healing in her physical body right now. All of this thing the enemy's tried to put on her, we break the power of that. And we release in Jesus' name total, complete health in Jesus' name. Health for this next season in Jesus' name. Just receive that. Just receive. Just receive. Just receive. Just receive. Just receive. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Mm. More, Lord. More, more, more. Some of you are just going to feel a real weight of his presence settling on you right now. Literally feel the weight of the Holy Spirit settling on you. If you can feel just that weight, it's like resting on your shoulders right now. Just just wave your hand at me right now so I can see what's happening. Yeah, several around the room. Yeah. Holy Spirit, come. Just increase that anointing. Just that, that mantle of the double portion beginning to rest on your people. Back in the corner with the white sweater with your hand up. I, again, I should know your name and I don't. I'm sorry. Father, I just release in Jesus' name right now an anointing. Father, we just release a, a gift of healing into our sister right now. In fact, right at this moment, your hands are beginning to get incredibly hot as the Holy Spirit comes on you and just releases a healing anointing. Father, we just stir up that healing anointing in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Wave at me if you're feeling that right now. Can you feel that right now? Yes, Lord, good. Yes, Lord Jesus, thank you. Yeah, yeah, complete healing. Jade, are you, Jade, could you come over and just lay hands on the lady in red for me right now? Just lay hands on her. There's, a, there's something else. There's something incredible happening there. Father, release it now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Full release of the power of your presence in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Complete healing. Complete healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, on Jack, just touch him, Father. We just stir up that anointed evangelist. Farley, come lay hands on Jack here. Father, we just stir up that anointed evangelist. Yeah, come on down. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Father, we just stir up that anointed evangelist. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, receive it. Receive it. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Guys, this is a moment in the kingdom. It's a moment unlike anything any of us have ever experienced. But the potential of breakthrough right now. 
is absolutely extraordinary. Tina, I just release on you right now an anointing of the Spirit. Father, just come on Tina with the power of your presence. Right behind you there, Melissa, just turn around and release into Tina right now. Father, just come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, Father. More, Lord, more, more, more. Father, on Jonathan Miranda right now, just pour it out, pour it out, pour it out, pour out, pour out, Lord. Pour out the power of your presence. Oh! <laughs> Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're so good, Lord. You're so good, Lord. Brother, we just release onto the Wallaces right now the next, the anointing they need to do this next season of training in the virtual world. And Lord, they just... They, they've seen you do some incredible things, but, Father, they're asking for more. Father, they're raising up workers across the earth right now. Father, they need an anointing across the airwaves that, that breaks yokes and releases your power and releases your spirit. Just we release that dynamic into the missionaries they're training in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit, just break through on them with a greater and a greater release of your power and presence. Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Release it. More Lord. More. More Lord. More Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, yes, Lord. Yeah, more, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Spirit is just crying out for that birthing of a generation, a birthing of a generation that will arise, a birthing of the people of God to step into their full place of authority and the full release of power. The Holy Spirit is birthing, it's birthing, He's birthing in us. We release that birthing to take place by the power of your Spirit. We release that birthing to take place in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. More, Lord, more, 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 Lord, more, Lord. We break down the limitations. We break down the resistance in Jesus' name. And we release the power of your presence in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. 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 Woo! 
Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit says just in this moment, simply release, simply release, simply release to me. Yield your life, yield your resource, yield your life to me. Allow me to move through you, for I will demonstrate my power through you. I will demonstrate my glory through you. Some of you are beginning to get heavy now, and I see the Lord layering you with his gold. He's layering you with his value, but he's layering you in such a way that you would radiate the glory of the Lord to the community around you. And if you're beginning to get heavy right now, I just see the Lord just layering you with layers upon layers of gold, that you would just radiate his glory. That's his value. That's his value, no longer needing to find our value. But we found it in him. Yes. Jesus, we just yes. receive the weight of your glory, that gold. I just see gold leaf upon gold leaf just beginning to just line our hearts right now, line our bodies, line our minds. Holy Spirit, we just receive it. We just ask for, for a further release of the glory of the Lord right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. you have your communion, would you just go ahead and pull that bread off right now? Let's just seal this moment with a response. Because of this, his body broken. Thank you, Father. We partake Thank you, Father. in his firstborn inheritance. Thank you, Father. You don't have a communion, just raise your hand quickly, somebody will get that to you. Father, you're so good to us. Go ahead, Phil. Hey Richard, let me grab one. Anybody else needing sound team? We're all all right. Thank you, Richard. Father, I want to thank you first for allowing us to be in this body of people. Walking as family with this body of people. Thank you for the privilege of everyone in this room and the 
privilege of belonging together. We're all so different, but we're so one. And as we take this together, we just celebrate what you've done in building us into your body. And we just say yes in Jesus' name. Let's eat that together. Thank you for the blood of Jesus and the full revelation of the moment that we're walking in. The full revelation of the power and the victory of the cross of Jesus Christ. To prosecute every work of darkness on this planet. But in this nation right now, we just say guilty because of the blood of Jesus. And we choose as the firstborn to prosecute the full victory of what Jesus Christ did on the cross over this nation. We declare in the name of Jesus that we overcome by the blood of Jesus and the power and the word of our testimonies. And we come before you now, Father. We thank you that this blood has not only cleansed us. Thank you, Jesus. But it is the cleansing agent for this world. And we thank you that it is that blood that is sprinkled over the mercy seat that gives us hope. It is where our hope is anchored. And we thank you, Jesus, as we take this together. We just covenant with you. We covenant with you that your power and your double anointing would flow through our life to affect and change the world around us. That the kingdom of God would be established wherever we go. It would expand. Oh, God that we would be those forceful men, women, children that would see the kingdom expand, the kingdom go forward. We thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's just take that together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.